Hello, podcast world. Welcome to my podcast show. I am Tommy. I am the host. And we're making our way through the 2020 podcast series. Today, I have for you episode six, The Midpoint. It's going to get a little rowdy today. There's a guest on the show. Mr. Gregory will be joining me. We'll see what he thinks about current events. We'll talk a little society. We'll talk a little sports. So let's head over to the lounge for a nice, relaxing chat. And my amazing Chris Mad Dog Russo impression. Yeah, you're all in for a treat today. It's 2020 Episode 6. We're at the midpoint. We go now to the hotline, where standing by is one of my first-tier homies, a man that I know well and love dearly, Greg. Hi, sweetie. How are you? Doing pooky, you know, can't complain. <laughs> been, uh, been, home for the, been home for the three months so far, and going to be home until at least mid-September. So, you know, looking forward to uh, saving all the mileage on the car. Cool. No virus. You've not had the Rona? No. No vid? No virus. Um, no virus. We've been very lucky. So uh, everything's uh, A-OK. Cool. All right. Well, today we did something that is a little different. We usually do zero prep for our podcasts, but today <laughs> I'd sent you an agenda for the show. That's right. Yes, you did. Episode number six has... An agenda. And I, I wanted to put a little shape on the show, so I sent you the following message. Seattle, St. Louis, KSU, CAM-TB12, MLB 2020 season. That's yes, Yeah, that's five big topics. Count them up. One, two, three, four, five. No six. <laughs> Not looking for sex, daddy. European vacation? <laughs> Remember that Chevy Chase classic? That dude is now, oh, yeah. he's now on Cameo. And he's, he's selling personalized web greetings, and I don't want to talk about any of that. We have an agenda. Oh, I already set the agenda, and Chevy Chase's cameo is not on it. So it starts with CHOP, the Seattle Autonomous Zone. It, CHOP is an acronym. CHAZ was an acronym. It means Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. CHAZ, it was later CHOP, Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. My understanding is that they changed the name to get away from that Waco thing. You can't have an autonomous zone in the United States. That's prohibited. David Koresh, the Branch Davidians, you might recall some of that stuff. Yeah, those kooky cats. uh, And I was only probably 13, 14, I think, when that happened. But I mean, you know, being still being that young is just plastered all over the news. So I would imagine they don't want... uh, someone like that uh, resurfacing again. Yeah, let's change the name real quick to Occupied Protest. By the way, there's a heavy metal band, Machine Head. They have a great Mm -hmm. song about the Davidians. Let freedom ring with a shotgun blast. Anyway, (laughs) aside from Machine Head and the (laughs) Davidian song, back to Seattle, quickly. Refocus. So anyway, whether it's Chaz, Chop, I'm not hung up on any of the naming of it but have you followed any of the news do you have any you know it's kind of hard i yeah sorry to talk over you there it's kind of hard at at times and i know you've said this before on various platforms even on your podcast here it is so hard sometimes to just to get any accurate information about anything that's going on out there Sure, sure because you know as we all know we got the dgovx media on one side and then you got the the other side, who you know, we we all know is not much better. They have their own conspiracies, things of that nature. So it's really kind of hard. 
the, the first thing I think that came to my mind, and you know, this is really going to, I think, speak to you, was, wait a minute, if I'm a business owner, why am I okay with the government coming to tell me that these folks are going to now be able to take up residence in an area where I run my business and tell me that they're allowed to live here, they're allowed to do whatever they want here. Sure, yeah. There's the commercial yeah. perspective, there's the residential perspective. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different constituencies, and you know the protesters being one of them. Mm-hmm. I think that even though essentially all Occupy is a leaderless movement, if you will, the problem that the Chaz Chop community seems to have had is that they kind of immediately collapsed on their own hypocrisy. They installed an armed security force. Yes. As much as they're a leaderless move, yeah. As much as they're yeah, a leaderless movement, as an example of the type of demands that people who self-identify or claim to be Chaz residents or members, quote, given the historical moment, we'll begin our demands pertaining to the justice system. The Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. We do not request reform. We demand abolition. Mm. This means 100% of funding, including existing pensions for Seattle police, end quote. And again, leaderless movement, I'm not trying to over amplify one person's interpretation of what Chaz Chop is about, but I think right. that that is somewhat of a reasonable representation. Uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. To me, trying to reform the police department in the sense that we change the penal code. We no longer police nonviolent drug crimes. We end the asinine war on drugs, all of that stuff. And then demilitarize, de-escalate. You know, the two Ds. Boom. Get them out. We all know, I mean, those of us who know a little, even a little bit about politics knows that Washington, the Northwest is a very progressive liberal hotbed, so to speak. I don't, and I, I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I just mean that's sure. just, that's what it is. And I think it's well known, but even then it's, I, you know, for, for whatever reason, it just seems that especially lately, and I hate to bring him up already, but orange man bad, right. but it seems that with him being the president, being as a polarizing of a figure as he is, what, whatever side you're on, I don't really care whatever side you're on. But it's given the voice of the opposition, they feels like they feel like they have carte blanche just to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they don't have to suffer any repercussions or you know discipline or anything. Because like you said, wait a minute here, um, your, your hypocrisy immediately showed. You yeah. had armed guards. You had walls. Sure. You right. you know, yeah, and then yourself. and then when somebody gets shot, yeah. you call the police and then you don't let them in. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to refer to any individual stories because I can't corroborate. I'm aware of certain, right. Yeah, I'm you aware know, of the reporting. I, there was a, a couple of the youths shot the other night, and that seems like right. a really tragic story. And I don't have the details of that. I, I don't. I'm not trying to do a reporting podcast right now. I love to do reporting right. on Russiagate. Like if I if I study it and I can represent it to you, I'll talk about it at that level. So I, I want to stay above that level if I can because I can't. I don't sure. know. And to your point earlier. Where is the reliable reporting? I can't point to reliable chop chaz reporting. So I I prefer to talk about it at the philosophical level, which is I have no problem with 
an occupied protest. It makes sense to me. And it's not something that I, I would rail against. But the form of this protest, it's very generous to the protesters to call it an occupied protest. It's, I think the original autonomous zone definition fits much more accurately. And if we want to allow autonomous zones, that's a conversation. You know what I mean? Right now, under the current rules, we don't allow that. And I think there's, there's always parallels, these kind of philosophical ideas, they run in tandem. And if you go back to the whole FBI Trump thing, if you want to say that the FBI monitoring political lies, like Mike Flynn was telling, if you want to say that's what the FBI should be used for, that's a conversation. But that's not how it's set up now. Does, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's so, you know, like you said, we can peel back the layers from the onion and we can deep dive, deep dive into all the things that, you know, one side says, this side says, this person says, this person says. I think to me, the, the over the overarching, keeping it pretty high level for, for you and I and for, for the podcast I'm trying to figure out the, the best way to say this without coming across as confrontational. Are you going to confront me? Who are you going to confront? <laughs> no, but not, not really. Just, you know, I, I don't want to get... Some vague nobody? Go ahead. Yeah, confront you know, so the You're going to confront they. Get them. Go get them. Right. So, you know, while, while all these protests, while all these different movements lately, or we'll just use the last month, right? Sure. Started because of an incident that has been reported on, that was recorded. Should it have happened? No, I think every <laughs> rational human being can say that guy didn't deserve what happened to him. I think we all can realistically well, say that no matter just what to side keep you're it on so, the rails. Let me jump in. Yep. That guy is George Floyd, and what yep. happened was a fuck kneeled on his throat and murdered him, and that yep. ain't gonna fly. And no, so I don't mean to derail the thing, but we definitely nope. need to, to recognize that is number one. But to your point, I'm not sure that the protests are about that anymore. So please continue. Sorry for jumping in. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I think that's, that's where I was, I was getting there. You just kind of uh, veered us off really quickly rather than me being very uh, long-winded about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you. I, was, <laughs> no, I jumped good. the gun. I did. I jumped the gun. I was, I, no, I was you're good, jumped man. the gun guy and my bad, my bad. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but you know, unfortunately, I think now now the message is just getting completely lost when you have the, the Chaz things of the world. Wherever you stand on the desecration of property around the country, as far as statues and things, and you know, getting rid of Aunt Jemima, getting rid of Uncle Ben, you know, wh- whatever. I, I think that the main crux of the point here is, that was getting lost is okay, Mr. Floyd died when he shouldn't have. Let's keep it about that. But instead, I think now, as I said earlier. It's those folks who are just kind of say, hey, well, because the president says all these crazy things that now, okay, well, we can just latch onto this and then include everything else that we want to include in on it. Well, yeah, I think that that's there is some human nature involved there. I would frame it in a in a much brighter light. I think I would say that the Chaz idea, to the extent that it's somewhat yeah. like the Occupy Wall Street protest, which I think had wonderful intentions and somehow was got derailed what you have is is a group of people who are generally younger and they have an idea of how things work and how they can impact it and they took it to its conclusion 
and what they're now seeing probably with their lived experience is it, it doesn't go exactly the way we thought it does. So where does that energy now go? I think is a better question rather than, you know, I, I get the social media world and people oh, yes. who want to push down on the whole Chaz <laughs> chop thing. And I'll have fun, you know, like anything else, I'll have fun with it in a joking context because some of the stuff they did was so dipshit. It was just pure dipshit. But, you know, if I may look to the podcast God Joe Rogan, I think I've heard him say on multiple occasions, if you think of our society as a being, a living thing, we're in our adolescence and we're reaching out and we're trying to do the right thing in a lot of ways. There's a lot of well-intentioned stuff out there that has gone really fucking awry. Base. Let me transition from Seattle into St. Louis in the notion of good faith. I know that between you and I, neither of us are ever going to be coming from a place of bad faith. We only argue with each other in good faith. And when we get after each other, it's in good faith. And in my opinion, that's how the line is drawn. It's not left, right. It's not Trump, Biden. It's good faith bad faith. Are you someone who is approaching a situation from a good faith perspective, or are you somebody who is being like, you know, I want to bash Chaz people because they fucked up. You know, don't come from a bad faith position. It doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on if you're a lying fuckbag. Does that make any sense? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not sure how to transition from there to get to the St. Louis gun couple. Well, and I think it actually is a good segue because of this. Because, again, you have both sides of, of the argument. You have those who say, wait a minute, they were peacefully protesting. They were, you know, again, just using news reports. We, we can't vet it out. We can't vet. Stop. No, there is not <laughs> both sides Uh-oh. of the argument here. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious really? where you're seeing well, where you're going. I, I'm sure this event, like everything else that's a headline for a minute, will fade quickly and just become more static in the background during this 2020 time. But, dude. Of course. F- well, first off, there are so many great memes about this on the internet. I can't ever remember laughing this hard. <laughs> there are some good ones out there, I will say. I've seen them. Ken and Karen. Yep, Karen has a male name. It's Ken. For real, the best one that I saw was a Photoshop that had dude with the semi-auto, and he was Photoshopped into Dutch's Special Forces unit from the original Predator. I saw that one, too. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, dude. Let me turn to the serious part. Come here, kid. Let Let me grab your hand, take you over here to the serious part. And this will give us a chance to bash the media a little bit more, too, which, you know, I'm always in. I'm in for that. About to say. <laughs> it's a nice. Great success. Yeah. Tommy like. So let me start with the, I, I grabbed a couple of headlines. Like I told you, there was an agenda. Mm-hmm. I did a duck, duck, go search. And I grabbed three headlines. And they were the Washington Post. Okay. Quote, St. Louis couple points gun at crowd of protesters calling for mayor to resign, end quote. Next, number two. Big number two. Who's behind number two? It's CBS News. I don't know what CBS Central Broadcasting System cries. Yes, let's go. 
Time out. <laughs> ABC, American Broadcast Company. That's nailed that one. Yeah, you got that. NBC, National Broadcast Company. Is Fox an yes. acronym? Uh, no? No. no. All right, so I, what's the yeah. S in CBS? Ah, jeez. I'm going to have to think about it. I'll, I'll probably yell it out when I'm answering another question we're talking about later. It's syphilis. <laughs> anyway, where was I? So CBS has a headline. Quote, CBS. white couple aims guns at St. Louis protesters. End quote. Finally, number three, ABC News. Quote, mm-hmm. white St. Louis couple point guns on protesters marching by their mansions to mayor's home. End quote. Okay. So I'm assuming that everyone listening already knows what had actually happened, but just in case, let me provide some additional details. Mark and Patricia, not Ken and Karen. It is Mark and Patricia, but if you want to go after their last name, it's McCloskey. What do you think about that, Greg? McCloskey. What do you got on McCloskey over there, Greg? McCloskey. It sounds like the damn, uh, like the Bears ownership group, McCloskey. Mark and Priscilla, you are ridiculous. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I would never compare them to Devin Hester. That would be inappropriate. But they live in a private gated neighborhood. And whether you agree that private gated neighborhoods should exist or not, they do. And sometime during the evening, a crowd of approximately 300 protesters broke down a gate and entered the private neighborhood. Again, There is no relevance to the opinion on whether private neighborhoods should exist or whether mayors should live in private neighborhoods, because they do. Okay. Mm -hmm. When the crowd of 300 or so protesters breaks down the gate to the neighborhood, they cease being protesters and they become trespassers. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but the nonviolent protest comes violent when you kick down a gate and enter a private neighborhood. You're no longer peaceful. So what do you have for me on the St. Louis couple? Um, You know, waking up and I think it was over the weekend, if I remember correctly, I can't remember the exact day with everything going, you know, together as fast as it does and just reading about it. And it was one of those. You know, your first initial reaction is, okay, number one, to me, why would you do that when there's going to be 80,000 camera, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, exaggerating, but why would you do that when there's going to be 80 million camera phones that are going to be right on you as soon as you walk out of your palatial estate with a a woman waving a handgun and then a guy carrying an AR-15? May I jump in? I'm sorry. And I don't want to, please. Yep. I just want to ask. Do you believe yes. that this gated neighborhood with mansions does not have video surveillance? Do you not believe that the homeowner also does not have cameras that were pointed at or capturing any of this action? Um, just as a quick sidebar, I know it has not been released to the news or the news hasn't published it to my knowledge, but wouldn't you anticipate, wouldn't it be reasonable to expect that the, this dude's got video of whatever happened before they came out with the guns? Absolutely. We should all be really cautious yeah, about what that- we say about this interaction until we have all of the video. To your point, yes, he came out with a gun while there were dozens of people filming, right. but he's already in a neighborhood that probably every inch of right. is covered with a fucking camera. I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation by yeah, me. Right. right. No, there's probably a there was probably a, a camera right at the gate. I mean, you know, again, 
we could sit here and um, speculate on what was done. You know, maybe they broke the camera, whatever. But like you said, in a gated community, privately, private property, where the mayor of one of the, you know, probably 20 or 30 largest cities lives in, I'm going to guess yeah, there's cameras yeah, all over the place. I think that makes sense. So, so um, you know, the, the headlines that came out were like, okay, wait a minute, let's back this up a little bit and well we should grab it right there let me let me jump in and grab it right there we already know that the headlines are bullshit and let's go at them directly so i quoted a couple of headlines earlier and (laughs) i don't think it's a stretch to say that there there's a narrative that's being formed by multiple outlets because essentially the bulk of the coverage is saying that a white st louis couple is pointing guns at peaceful protesters. I have a hard time getting my head around how can all of these news agencies report these headlines that really are misrepresenting the core elements of the story. Trying to stay at a philosophical level, at what point is this gentleman justified to walk out with his AR-15? If you're somebody who has a no Second Amendment platform, the answer is never. Because you can't, you're not allowed to have the rifle in right. the first place. So, at what point are the protesters allowed to break through the gate? If you're someone who philosophically opposes private property, the answer is anytime. Because I don't recognize the private property rights. So, uh, and I could mm-hmm. enumerate this on and on and on. That would probably get kind of boring. So, let me try and form an articulate question out of it. Sure. At what point do you cease becoming autonomous? Because the thread that comes from Seattle to St. Louis is that there's an autonomous zone in Seattle, and the protesters are autonomous to enter the private neighborhood in St. Louis. Is there an end to autonomy? Where where are these lines drawn for you philosophically? I think philosophically, honestly, and you know, I may be even dumbing it down further than than most, but my my overall general philosophy, very high level general philosophy and uh, me and my girlfriend were talking about this yesterday, ironically, in the car uh, when we were just running out and about. I don't care what you do in anything, you know, if you're what, what, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to do with your life, do it. Do what makes you happy. But the minute you try to either infringe upon me or tell me that I'm yeah, wrong, look how aggressive you're getting. Like yeah, you, you got to fuck or off. That right? I need to act like you. That's where I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm going to give you the double bird and tell you, you know, to go sit on and spin. Because I'm sorry, I'm a free thinker, you know, and that's why, yeah, I, I am registered a certain way. I'll just come out and say it. I really don't give a shit. Who knows? I'm a registered Republican, okay? But does that mean that I am so wrapped up in the Republican Party that I only vote for Republicans and I only believe what Republicans believe? Hell no. You want to know why? Because like you, like many of our, our buddies, like pretty much all of our buddies, we're all free thinkers in that we could say, okay, you know what? Right. I'm going to take the best from this side, from this side, from here, from here, and form my own opinions. I don't give a shit, pardon the French, what the liberal media says, what Fox News says. We're going to form our own opinions, and God damn it, if somebody doesn't agree with it, that's okay. Yeah, well, again, that, that comes back to what I was saying about it's not really left, right. That's a false framing. It's good faith, bad faith. And obviously, I know that you're a Republican, and you know where I stand on the Republican platform. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) 
But what I re- what I resent about that is you should never have to be kind of, you know, let me preface this as you were. I, I think that's the product of a lot of media and a lot of social shaping. As poor as I think that the Republican platform is, you know, at the same time, the mm-hmm. idea that that Democratic mm-hmm. platform is somehow a morally superior platform that has all of these results that the Democrats can show you as to why everything Republican should be met in society with scorn, while everything Democrat should be celebrated with champagne and flowers. Fucking get the fuck out, man, because the results aren't there. The results are there. So I'm never going to look at your Republican lean under that frame because A, I know you're a good faith operator and B, it's not like I can point to where the Democrats have done all of these amazing things that somehow allow a coastal elite like myself to look down their nose at somebody else because it's not fucking there, man. I look at it and I say, okay, my party, you you haven't done anything. So to, to sit here and say, oh yeah, you know, we in the Republican Party, we have it all figured out. If I did that, I mean, might as well just shove my my own head up my own ass. Because well, thank you, you know, thank you for saying that because I think that know. that gets to the real nature of the matter, which is neither party can assert a moral superiority, and neither party can assert a track record of proven success. They're both failures to a large degree. Yeah. When I reference the Democrat Party, what I'm really talking about are the establishment national Democrats, the Pelosi, Biden. Clinton, that whole wing. I think that the national performance is so atrocious that it's such an embarrassment to be associated with a party that would consider nominating Joe Biden. That's the easiest walk I've ever seen in my whole life, man. I honestly, I mean, the platform they're trying to push has changed, and the candidate they put up has been in Washington for 40 years. So you're proclaiming yourself as the party of change, but yet the presidential nominee somebody who's been like as you said a national democrat pushing that that particular ideology for 40 years and i hate to say this and i and and this is this has nothing to do with political party and i i know you agree because we've talked about it the guy cannot it, it put it this way if they get him and trump in a debate Trump will eviscerate him because he won't even remember what he said two seconds ago. The the alternative was Bernie. I have my thoughts on Bernie. You know, we'll save those for another day. But I I guess where I got lost is for a party who is like championing change, we want change, we want progression. You trot out a 78-year-old career politician. I would deflect a part of what you're saying. I have not heard a ton of hope and change messaging around the Biden campaign. I haven't heard a bunch of messaging around the Biden campaign at all, essentially. Right. Yeah, he's, he's kind of gone underground. <laughs> yeah, that might be strategic, and it probably would be if I was trying to get a dementia patient elected. I wouldn't be having press conferences. I think that's why there haven't been press conferences. All of this makes sense to me. But rather than going down the Biden thing, let me try and circle it all the way back around. So the St. Louis couple... I mean, any distaste I have for them owning a bunch of guns, for whatever distaste I have, if they are personal injury attorneys who have abused the justice system to their own gain, to whatever extent that they're bad faith operators, you know what I mean? But I don't know that. I don't know that. But what I do know is that the media frame 
and those headlines that I read, that is a fucking bad faith operation. And I won't be part of it. If you're responding to the idea that these people are inherently evil without having a complete picture of whatever happened there, keep it off my wave. All right, so I definitely want to hit KSU, Cam, and MLB if we can. Do you got a little more time? I got all the time you need, my friend. Let me run up front. It's literally going to take less than a minute. I'm going to go grab a Coors Light. Got a Coors Light. Is that what Brock said? When Brock was being a dick to Dana, what was the beer that he was supposed to prop, and what was the beer that he did prop? Oh, man, I... Jeez. That's my trivia question. I haven't looked it up, but I was trying to remember that earlier. It's Bud Light and Coors Light are the two. I'm sure you already knew that, but those are the two brands that are involved. Which one was correct and which one did he jump? All right, so I got to pick this up from um, from St. Louis. This might be a rough transition, but I'm going to try and, and steer back to the agenda. If you're following along, the next topic is Kansas State University, KSU. Yeah. Yeah, real strange situation. Some dipshit student posted a real cringe tweet, and the football team responded by saying that they were going to boycott. They weren't going to participate in any type of university football team activities until some action was taken against the student. Right off the top, it's super easy. That's the player's choice. They can and should protest any fucking thing they want, man, and they should do it any way they want. And if they're not going to play because they don't like how the university is handling this situation, that's up to them. Now, separate from that, getting to a more logical assessment of it, I am not sure what the players think the university can do to the student. How familiar with this situation are you, and what are your thoughts? Well, actually, I was I was reading about it and saw it, and I, and again, the first thought was kids don't want to play football. Fine. And then when you and I were kind of going a little bit back and forth, even earlier than today about it, my thought was, wait a minute, okay, let's look at at this from the Ted Bell mindset of. If the entire football team goes to the university and says, hey, we're not playing, university then goes to the student and says, you are now expelled. Well, you're suggesting an action. You're suggesting an action that the university hasn't taken. So, Mm -hmm. yes. So, so they, they go to the student and they say, you are now expelled because maybe there's a, and again, I don't know. I, I went to college for a very short time. I don't remember if there was a code of conduct policy for obviously back when I went and what, there was no social media. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I don't know if nowadays there is a code of conduct. I can cut through the fog and say that universities have long-standing traditions of student codes of conduct. That is, gotcha. there's faculty codes of conduct, student codes of conduct, administrative codes of conduct. Not new at all. Gotcha. So my question to you actually is this: Given what you do for work, yep. so. What type of ramifications would the student have 
if the university came to him and said, hey, even though you were, again, you know, free speech, you, you whatever side of the aisle you're on about it, if they came to him and said, hey, you're out of here, would would the student then have any recourse to come back and say, hey, wait a minute? Absolutely. I was absolutely immediately. He would yeah. he, he would not struggle to find someone who would take that case. And I mm-hmm. would not expect him to struggle to find someone who would take it on a contingency. A state university is a deep pocket. That's a dream case. It looks a lot like. Sorry to say it so bluntly, it looks like T9. It looks like Title IX. So if you're in the legal profession and you want to pick up clients, if you just scoop students who have been expelled through the Title IX process at their university, there's Mm -hmm. a good chance that there was not appropriate due process. All of the things that the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, was just criticized for rolling back it all comes down right. to I don't I don't want to turn it into a legal podcast, but sure. No, I was like that. Was, that was my main question. Yeah. To the extent that the you know expelling the student for this tweet would be similar to Title IX process, it's going to be a bad scene for the university. Gotcha. But yeah, it's just it's just fascinating to me that you know again a a segment of social media can can find this obscure. Well, I guess he's not really that obscure. He's the head of a organization on campus that from what i've read again pressing by oh, that the kid's a dick man the kid's a yeah dick. Oh, of course you know and he's trying to stir I it would up defend the comedy part of it i guess i would take the patrice o'neill high road and right. attempt to defend the comedy of it if he was a comedian but he's not he's a maga punk fuck and he was trying to get a rise and he got it so now he can deal with that windfall and that's you know, direct accountability as far as I'm concerned. So I have really no problem with the public scorn that Mm -hmm. is being thrown at him. That seems richly deserved over here to your point. You know, what can the university really do about this? It's a public university system and fucking chuckle Dick's parents pay taxes into the Kansas system. And you know, if his kid can, meet whatever admissions criteria that university has he gets to be there once he's there if kansas state wants to get into policing people who say terrible things on twitter that's gonna end badly for the university gotcha and that was my main point of view was hey legally where are they at with this because i was fascinated I want to get your thought on your boys signing Mr. Fashionista himself, Mr. Cam Newton. I love it. Yes. Isn't it such a Belichick move, though? I mean, when when Brady decided not to come back, that immediately to me screamed, that's where Newton's going. And, you know, obviously he left Carolina. It's like, okay, that makes far too much sense. And, you know. There's a lot of speculation in that way. Yeah. And for them to wait, I mean, for it to ha- wait this long, I mean, I kind of get it. Maybe Newton was out there looking for other more lucrative deals, things like that, money, yada, yada, yada. But it just made complete total sense. And you know, Tommy, I am not a Cam Newton fan. Let me try and do my new and improved Chris Mad Dog Russo impression for you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Go ahead. I don't know 
Boba Kid doing a lot of it around uh, Caroline Pants's, but now he's up in New England, and uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to leave the next time. He might have to compete with uh, Jared Stidham. They drafted him in the third round, dog. They, they drafted him in the third round. I don't even know who the bad dog is. Who's Mike Ferreira? What is even his fucking name? Mike Padera? I, I hate everything from New York. Oh, I, I should stop doing the, the fucking bad whatever impression I was trying to do and just say. I really no, dude, dislike, you were pretty spot on. That guy rambled. Was that good? So, yeah, he was good. I, oh, God, how bad is all God. of that shit from New York? And that's my transition to SNY New York MLB 2020 season. Here's what would have been great if the MLB Major League Baseball season had been canceled there would be no nsy mets coverage and that would be a blessing and a curse it would be a blessing because keith hernandez and ron darling and everybody else on that network would not be broadcast into my home right uh but the curse is that i choose to have them broadcast into my home (laughs) and i hate listening to them all the time help me find a solution to my want pete alonzo and the mets to suffer what do you got for me um i was surprised to a degree that it took the players and the owners this long to hammer out the details of it uh there was a guy that i think you might have pointed out on twitter to follow he was an attorney and he would go on these long diatribes i'm not not knocking him because he was giving great information about how the media was completely misrepresenting the agreement that was signed in March. Right. And, and I wish I wish I could give him a proper attribution off the top of my head, but I can't. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He was he was an experienced collective bargaining attorney and yeah. he understood the way that the parties were posturing and he was able to frame the negotiation in a way where it was very informative. And it really did put a spotlight on how ineffective the media is in doing that. Yeah. Your John Heyman's, your Buster Olney's, your... Well, I don't want to name names. I don't want to say... I will. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog Russo's! Oh, where's my Mad Dog? Uh, you know, Mike, <laughs> I still don't remember what his name Oh, Francesa. And Mike, I Francesa, uh, you know, the Jets quarterback back in... 1968 was uh, Joe Namath, and he came in that game, and it was beat. I still think Burt Jones, for whatever reason, Burt Jones is the only fucking Baltimore Colt quarterback that comes yeah. to mind. So when I'm trying to do these impressions off the top of my head, you got to understand there's going to be some weird shit in there. <laughs> Amen. When Joe Namath was making a famous guarantee that he was going to beat Burt Jones in the Colts, I, I just knew it, and I got down on the Colts. That's why I'm on VSIN now. I, I think I think me and Brett Musburger and all of his folks on VSIN will be at the South Point giving live odds on all of these MLB 2020 futures. Dude, I can't imagine how much editing I'm going to have to do right there. I know, right? <laughs> um, but as far as, as, as the baseball season goes, I mean, at this point, I think that eventually they'll get it, you know, get it started, get it going. I don't, I don't know how they're going to, you know, there's probably a lot of things they still need to work out as far as player safety, all that good crap. Um, you know, it's important stuff. Don't get me wrong. Do I, I, I I'm kind of torn on it because, you know, 60 game season, normally it's 162. You're playing less than half the games, you know, people, 
it'll get ramped up. Then they'll immediately go into the playoffs. It'll, it reminds me a little bit, and you and I were kind of talking about this a couple weeks ago about the there was a strike, and then they had like a first half winner and a second half winner. It's so it's it's, it's going to go down like that. And you know, I don't know if I'm going to watch any more or any less. Um, you know, I think probably I'll probably watch a little bit more than I normally do. You know, I'm just looking forward to see the kind of product they can put on the field. I mean, I don't think, I think we both can agree there's not going to be any fans in the stands. Yeah, no. Uh, for safety purposes. So it's going to be weird to watch it. Uh, I'm going to try and bring it home in a professional fashion. Greg, how do you want to bring it home, man? What are your final thoughts? You know, if, if there's anything I could say about everything going on today, it's just, you know, have an open mind be respectful of the way people feel it's okay to still sit down at the end of the day and have a beer with them and be civil about things and be able to say, Hey, you know what? We're going to agree to disagree on some things, but that's cool because you know what? We're at a level of good faith folks who just want to live our lives the best way we can take care of our families you know, take care of the people that we love. I don't know if we ever truly have had that as a society, but I would, I would love if we can get there, be able to listen. Um, you've, you've always been a great person. You always deal in good faith. Despite my disagreement with your Republican party affiliation, you're never someone who I would deny a seat at my table. You're welcome. Anytime you're an amazing father, you're an amazing person. And I just, I couldn't love you more, man. Thanks, man. You know, feelings are definitely mutual. You know, like I said, you know, you, Junior, Tony, you guys, I mean, shit. I remember the first time I met you guys, it was a fantasy draft at my house 17, 18 years ago. I mean, that's how far some of the people that we go back. We go back a very long time. And, yep, you know, there's not sure. a day that I don't appreciate the friendship. I appreciate all the kind words you say to me. I definitely feel the same way about you. You're a brother to me. You know, I look to you for guidance on a lot of things. <laughs> that, you know, you might want to rethink that. But. No, no, not at all. Uh, and you know, I was so flipping bummed when our trip got canceled this year. Obviously, we know why it did. It had to. It's right. Fine. Sure. Yep. I'm gonna hit stop. I'm not gonna hang up the phone right now. Obviously, all right. but I will hit stop on the record. Gotcha. Hey!